The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. The Ballad of John and Yoko. Christ, John and Paul make it easy. Take it easy! Oh, no eagles in my cab. Uh, I dig this one. It's pretty impressive, at least to me, that John was able to write a legit pop song just describing the events of his life the previous few weeks. Granted, they were eventful. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reference to his controversial Jesus comments I found clever. It's also impressive. This is just John and Paul, and they recorded six and a half hours. I like his vocals on here, too. Uh, John's The Echo makes his voice brighter than usual for some reason. When Paul joins in with him in the choruses, it's even better. The, uh, the f- like the fifth and sixth and seventh choruses. <laughs> so many choruses. Uh, the bass is delightfully bouncy, too. It might be my favorite bass line so far. More importantly, Andrew, have you ever eaten chocolate cake in the bath? Are you propositioning me, Roger? That would be an odd proposition. <laughs> no, I've not <laughs> eaten chocolate cake in a bath. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I think it might be the most urgent song in the whole catalog. Like, it's mm. writing about exactly what was happening to him at that moment and then released very nearly after. Uh, but I do feel a bit conflicted about the song. Like, I, I think it's really fun that Paul and John, like, just knocked it off in six hours and just the two of them in the studio. But, like, musically, it kind of stays in the same lane for me and doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, and feels kind of, you know, just shot out of a cannon and that's it. And it feels more like a book report lyrically to me. Like, this is what I did on my summer vacation. <laughs> I got married. Souls. <laughs> or uh, my one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, How I Spent My Strummer Vacation. <laughs> my image. And my image. We've referenced it a few times. No Beatles were in that episode. <laughs> no. How about the bass? <laughs> um, know, I, I saw Elvis Costello last week, and he did not play the bass because. But he did wear his he did wear his nerdlinger glasses. Um, how could you say the song doesn't go anywhere? They they go to Gibraltar. It does go, he, and they did. And, you know, I do find out. You do find out that uh, that uh, John is a Hilton man and not a Marriott man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So. Recorded six hours by John and Paul. Paul was on the bass and drums. The song was written in the days immediately following Lennon and Ono's wedding on March 20th, 1969. John arrived at Paul's London home on April 14th, 1969 to work on his unfinished song. After quickly completing the writing, the pair immediately took it to Abbey Road. The bout of John Yoko saw the pair collaborating as equals, showing a renewed enthusiasm for recording. In his 2021 book, The Lyrics, Paul elaborated, he listed me for that because he knew it was a great way to make a record. We'll go around the Abbey Road Studios. Who lives near there? Paul. Who's going to drum on this record? Paul. Who could play bass? Paul. And who'll do it if I ask him nicely? Paul. He wasn't at all sheepish about asking. He probably said something like, oh, I've got this song I want to record. Would you come round? And I probably said, yeah, why not? 
In the end, I think playing on that session with him and Yoko contributed to our having quite a few friendly meetings and conversations later. Lenin's controversial 1966 comments on Christianity, when he said we're more popular than Jesus now, I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity, uh, had damaged the Beatles' career in a number of countries, particularly in Southeast Asia and the Southern States of America. Uh, recalling the controversy engendered by Lennon's more popular Jesus remarks, McCarty was alarmed at the references to Christ in a new song, but agreed to assist Lennon. Ono later said, Paul knew that people were being nasty to John, he just wanted to make it well for him. Paul has a very brotherly side to him. Oh. The chorus of the ballad of John Yoko contained the words, Christ, you know it ain't easy, you know how hard it could be. The way things are going, they're going to crucify me. Lennon, aware that the lines risked reopening old wounds, made efforts to keep the song under wraps prior to its release. <gasps> yes, in fact, in a memo to Apple plugger Tony Bramwell, I guess that's a PR person, uh, he wrote, Tony, no, underlined, pre-publicity about of John and Yoko, especially the Christ bit. So don't play it around too much or you'll frighten people. Get it pressed first. Pressed first also, underlined. Nonetheless, the song was banned by a number of radio stations in the U.S. and U.K. Others bleeped out the word Christ, which uh, I argue makes it more obvious. Yes, <laughs> makes it funnier. Beep, you know it ain't easy. You know it ain't easy, beep. And uh, it was under the working title, uh, The Battle of John and Yoko, parentheses, they're going to crucify me. So John scaled it back. Yeah. You know, but ultimately, it was recorded as originally intended. The bass line and closing guitar riff of Lennon's song bears strong resemblance to the 1957 song Lonesome Tears in My Eyes by the Rock and Roll Trio. The Beatles covered that. In fact, there is a recording of it on, from July 10, 1963 from their BBC radio show Pop Go the Beatles. Uh, Ringo was busy filming The Magic Christian and George Harrison was on holiday. Uh, Ringo said... Uh, the Ballad of John Yoko only had Paul of the other Beatles on it, but that was okay. Why don't, do, why don't we do it in row? It was just Paul and me, and went out as a Beatle track, too. We had no problems with that. There's good drums on the Ballad of John and Yoko, too. So That's a nice compliment Ringo, to, his, to his bandmate. Ringo giving the seal of approval. Yeah. George Harrison said, I didn't mind not being on the record because it was none of my business. If it had been the Ballad of John, George, and Yoko, then I would have been on it. You could argue that Revolution 9 was the ballad of John, George, and Yoko. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jeff Emmerich uh, was back to engineer it. Uh, Peter Brown, who was mentioned in the song, he was um, Brian Epstein's assistant before Epstein passed, but he didn't take over like as their manager, or if he was, like the Beatles didn't listen to him always. Mm -hmm. He might have been another plugger, right. so to speak. Uh, Peter Brown called him uh, to come to Abbey Road uh, to record the session. This is Jeff Emmerich talking. He understood exactly what I was getting at after he asked if John was okay these days. Yes, he's fine, Peter assured me. He's in really good spirits at the moment, and he's really up about the new song. And he specifically asked me if I could get you to engineer it. How could I possibly say no to that? The session was booked to start in mid-afternoon, and to my amazement, a chipper John actually rolled up spot on time, with Paul following just a few minutes later. It was officially supposed to be a Beatles session, but they were the only two band members to turn up that day. The two Beatles seemed remarkably relaxed, despite the horror stories I had heard about the rose and bad feelings engendered by the Let It Be sessions. 
On this one day, they reverted to being two old-school chums. All the nastiness of recent months swept under the rug. A new 8-track machine had been installed to control just recently. We put it to good use that day. And um, it was so refreshing to see Paul and John in good spirits and not arguing. Five of the takes broke down immediately before the line made a lightning trip to Vienna when McCartney mistakenly added an extra snare drum beat. Idiot! According to Mark Lewis, take two broke down because, as John explained, un string avec kaput mal. And there was one lovely moment before take four where John said to the drumming Paul, go a bit faster, Ringo. And Paul replied to the guitar-wielding John, okay, George. Hmm. Uh, sounds jovial, sounds like the good old days, but Mark Hertzgard, a New Yorker, the only other writer known to have heard the tapes besides Mark Lewison, attended a private listening session in London and said uh, that uh, he wrote that Lewison had again enthused about Lennon McCarty's camaraderie and musical kinship, but he, had, he himself detected a forced polite quality to their joking and none of the enthusiastic electricity heard during earlier Beatles sessions. They are coming apart and they know it. But like, hey, like hindsight's kind of twenty twenty, and right, yeah. And even in like you know, we learned relatively recently the Let It Be sessions. Yeah, they had their issues, but it seemed like they were also pretty jovial at times too. Yeah, like so. yeah, you felt going in, it would just be them arguing for nine hours. But no, it was you know they mostly had fun. Right. They just remembered the bad times. <laughs> well, and I mean that the original film, which I have not seen, apparently doesn't put them in the best light. And that's what happens right. when you get a nine hour cut of it. You're going to get a more, quote unquote, <laughs> more complete story. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Ballad of John and Yoko was released in the UK on May 30th, 1969. It was rush released just six weeks after it was recorded while Get Back was still at number one in the UK charts. Let's it's take it down, UK. boys. <laughs> I got a replacement to top the UK charts for three weeks, but only managed to reach number eight in America. The song was the Beatles' 17th and final United Kingdom number one single. Wow. Yeah. The Spanish government under Francisco Franco objected to the song because of the phrase Gibraltar near Spain. <laughs> the status of Gibraltar is a long-running subject of debate between Spain and the United Kingdom. Alex Petronas of The Guardian ranks the song last out of the Beatles' 22 UK singles, saying John Lennon once convened the meaning of the Beatles to inform that he was Jesus. The charmless ballad of John and Yoko is that crazed egotism and messiah complex wrought into song. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rolling Stone ranked at number 48 on the magazine's list of the 100 greatest Beatles songs. So everyone has an opinion. So I, I just want to make one point. They say it's the final UK number one single. I want mm -hmm. to say... So far. Right. So far. Now and then, you have a point. You know. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Love Count Zero. No <laughs> love. <laughs> Singing about a honeymoon. And, yeah. All right. Josie scale, I get this. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it a Josie. Um, not, mm. uh, yeah. Not mm. my favorite. Hmm. That's but, okay. you know, I'm glad he had a good time in his honeymoon. Yeah, me too. Chocolate yeah. cake in the bath. Yeah, sounds fun. Yum, yum, yum. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot. 
So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.